you know, next year, my wife will remind me to do something different. I, I was reminded this morning of, of a Father's Day in a, in a large church where they were saying, who's the oldest, oldest father? And, and they were going through this, and they started and getting up there. And they were just doing by age. And so people started sitting down, large congregation. They got into, you know, into the 90s and finally get down to two guys standing up. They said, 92, and one of them sat down, and he looked at his daughter, and he says, that guy beats me every year. <laughs> so I, I, I'm realizing that, that this could happen every year, because I think you got it last year, too. So, so, so next year, we'll have to tra- change this one up. Now, this one, I, and, and I, I realized this, I might have more than one person in, in contention for this one. This, so we did the, the newest and the longest time. So what I want to do now is who is the most in the thick of parenting? And so to do that, we want to see who has the most children at home at home. Not the most children, but they're in the thick of it still. They're still being moms. So so let, let's just um, start with, if anyone's got any kids at home, you can stand up if you want, but we, we, we're thinking we might actually get this one and tie it with Nicole. Um, so we'll start with it. If you have three or more kids at home, go ahead and stand up. Three, well, Shannon, that's definitely you. That's definitely, definitely you. Okay, and, and, and Nicole, I know you're standing up next door. Okay, so, so four or more would be, you, you have four, so you can keep standing for four. And since Nicole got the one with the newest, we're going to give the most children home, which is she's in the midst of parenting. And, and to be fair, Nicole, we, we did just get approved, I'm talking to her, so we did just get approved for adoption. And so we at any moment could get the phone call and be adopting our fifth. And so since we're pregnant, we'll take five. <laughs> so that was, that was exciting news this week. We, we got our uh, cert- certificates and licensing for foster and adoption this week. And we're just praying. And some of you already knew that, but we've been praying for about a year and a half of uh, about about this uh, talking about it in our whole marriage but really praying seriously and started the process about a year ago and have gone through the classes we're adopting through the county and and we're still praying lord if, if you have if there's a baby for a child for us that you want us to to rescue and that's really what it becomes you know these children are are already in the system um, we're looking to adopt anywhere between a zero and two-year-old girl and Madeline said, you cannot have another boy. <laughs> and so she is really, really excited about a baby girl, a baby sister. And Sam is excited for, for having a baby sister. Then he doesn't have to be the baby anymore. So, but that's just some personal news. Hey, there's a, we're going to, there's tissue around. We're going to watch a video. And uh, then we'll get into the, into the message.
Oh, my sweet boy. Do you have any idea what time it is? Can you say mama? Mama? Mama. That a boy. Open big wide for mama. What a big boy you are. What a big boy you are. <laughs> okay. Now we can't go to church with jelly all over our face, can we? Hmm? Oh my, oh my goodness. What are you doing with that snake? You go put that snake back in the hole right now. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord. Hey, Mom. Mommy needs just a minute. Please. Hey, Mom. I think you look pretty no matter what even when your hair looks really weird. <laughs> oh, Mom! Go straight there. Right back. Oh, here, honey. Oh, Mama's here. It's okay. Oh, you're okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Stop it. Mom? Dad? I asked Beth to marry me. Well, what'd she say? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the family. I'm so happy for you. Hey, Mom. Where's that grandbaby? <laughs> oh, nice to see you. Oh, yeah, nice to see you too. You did great. What's that? The children. You did really great. I always knew you'd be a good dad. But you did really. Mom, what are you doing? <laughs> of course you are. Come sit with me. 
You know, I was thinking just the other day about what a wonderful mom you are. I mean, God, God really blessed me with a great lady. You're, you're my mom. You've always been there for me. <laughs> Even when I didn't want you to be. <laughs> and nobody ever believed in me like you do. Thank you. I love you, Mom. And I love you, son. Stop showing those videos before I preach. <laughs> you know, we, uh, Ed found that, that video and I just thought it was, was so good because it encompasses the whole gamut of parenting. I'm going to steal a tissue. I imagine that whether you're the, the child, the parent, both, as, as we're all children, you saw that video and, and connected with various points, maybe one, two, three, four, depending on how many kids you have, different times you, you just really connected there. And, you know, we're all on a journey. And Mother's Day celebrates that, that journey. And on this journey, we've experienced and will continue to experience joys, victories, heartaches, defeats, moments of pride, moments of sorrow. This morning, I want to talk just briefly on the journey about the seasons of life, no matter what season of life you find yourself in this morning, the Lord is with you. It's so important for us to know that no matter what point you are, I look and I see, Laura, we've got young people. We've got some older people. No matter what season of the journey we're on, God is with you. God is with us. And he's not finished yet. The fact that you're sitting here this morning means that the journey's not over for you. And some of you may feel like it is. You're, you're older and, and you've raised your kids and they're raising their kids and maybe you've got great-grandchildren and you kind of say, you know, my, my journey's really over. It's not over. It's still got time. The Lord isn't finished with you yet. This morning I just want to talk 
about five simple aspects of the journey. And these are true whether you're male or female. I didn't want to just preach to the moms, but, but talk to us this morning, no matter what place we are, male or female, whether you're married or single, whether you're a parent or not. And these five simple things, they're not all inclusive of the journey by any, by any means. And even within the five aspects I want to talk about this morning, there's, there's sub-points that we don't even have time to discuss this morning. But my hope and prayer is that these will give you some hope or some direction, maybe help us to have some joy in the journey. If you go to a cemetery, it's where you commonly will find this, or in a, in a book talking about somebody's life, it will give their name and it will give a birth date and the date that they died. And that's a, a sad summary of somebody's life because so much more happens in somebody's life than the day they were born and the day that they died. And they give their entire life a space this big, the dash. They give us a dash. We're living the dash right now. It's the life in that dash. And that's the journey that every one of us is on. And this video is a great picture of, of all the things that we go through in that dash. How we live. We did just celebrate a life here last Saturday and when Maria Dennis is passing. Those moments cause us to think often about our own mortality, but they should they should help us to think about our life. Not our end, but our life now. The life that we're living in the dash. What do you want somebody to say at your funeral? Because that's what sums up the dash. People will come and they'll say things like, he was such a, a nice guy. Or do you want people to say, he was a man, she was a woman of God. They were successful. They were rich. She was loved. He was respected. What things do you want spoken at your funeral? At mine, the first thing I want said is, hey, look, he's moving. <laughs> Some of you will get it later. <laughs> but what, what do we want said about us? We'll never reach that unless we begin to purposely live that way now. To begin to think, what do I want as my epitaph? What do I want? And I think it comes down to a word, and it's success. And immediately, most of you said, that's not what life is about. But let me define success in the way that I think it should be in my life. See, success means that I was a good father that I loved my wife well, that I served my God faithfully. That is success. Not how much money you have, not the amount of retirement, not about the amount that you leave in your will or the houses that you leave to your posterity. That's not success. That's how the world views success. He who dies with the most toys wins. They really win nothing. But success is 
did we accomplish those things? Were you faithful? And that's the most important thing is to have success. First Chronicles twenty two thirteen says this, Then you will have success. And, and this should just resonate out to the whole world, say, yes, we want success. And it says, If you are careful to observe the decrees and the laws that the Lord God gave Moses for Israel. And it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Joshua 1, 8 and 1, 9 says something really really similar. He's talking to Joshua. He says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. When we think of our life and, and there's, I'm looking around seeing some of the younger families and, and, and financially successful is, is something that we certainly wouldn't mind to have. It shouldn't be our number one goal, but we think, but how can we be prosperous and successful? By living according to His Word. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We want to have success this morning. It's got to be founded in the Word of God and in a relationship with Him. As we pursue Him, our life will become successful. No matter what stage of life we're in, there's a danger of preaching a message like this when you're talking about the seasons of life because you, you may, the people that are this side of the seasons of life will say, some of them will say, I haven't done a very good job. And so because of that, sometimes we're afraid to talk about it. But you know, the scriptures even say, wherever Christ has called you at that, serve him. Don't wish for anything else. If you're a slave, don't, don't try to get out of your, free, your slavery. Be content with wherever you're at. We can't live in the past. We can live today and for the future. The Bible says that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you are at this spectrum this morning saying, you know, I see that video and I, I made so many mistakes along the way and all of us have already done that. But you might say that this morning, said I made so many mistakes and... and what do I have to show for it? There is no condemnation. But even as Joshua said later in chapter 24, choose this day whom you'll serve. Don't, don't fret on the past. The past is gone. But who will you serve today? How will you live the rest of your days? So let, do not check out this morning and let this message be one that says it's too late for me because it's not too late. Life in the journey. The five points I want to talk about, and I was thinking about actually Mary, the mother of Jesus, in this. A woman, a woman of God that, as evangelicals, we don't give a lot of place to because we're afraid of the Catholic portion of Mary. So we don't talk enough about Mary. Mary was an incredible woman of God. She was highly favored by God. And she had to learn just as we all do, to trust in her Savior. She had to go in the journey. 
in the first first part of this journey and they're not in any order but i think this one has to start it is trust the first aspect of our journey that we need to get is trust we need to learn how to trust first of all god and we live in a society in a, in a time that we don't want to trust anybody we've been hurt we hear of failures of people all the time so the, the trust I, I even hear people say i only trust two people in this world one of them's me and the other one's not you Trust. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing for us to do is to trust. We need to learn, first of all, to trust God. Psalm 37, verses 3 through 6. And there's so many scriptures on trust. But it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him. And he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. We need to learn how to trust God first and foremost. And that's really difficult because we're an untrusting people and we've been hurt. We've also been taught that if I don't do it, nobody's going to do it for me. So we can't rely on even God. I remember going through cleansing stream years ago and one of the the issues was on trusting God and it told a story, a very sad story of a, of a father who was with his young child about eight or nine years old and the child had to go get a Frisbee or something off of the roof and so the dad helped him get up there and the kid got the Frisbee and threw it down and then and he came back to the side of the, the roof and now he's kind of high up and the dad says, son, just jump and I'll catch you. And he says, dad, it's really high. He says, son, just trust me jump i promise i'll catch you okay dad and the child jumped and the dad backed up and let him hit the ground and he broke his leg and the dad this is a true story looked at his son and says there's a lesson for you son never trust anyone we live in a society that has this brewing in it whether somebody's ever said that to you or caused you such pain that you couldn't trust. We need to learn first in our life to trust in God. That He is better than your parents. He's better than your spouse. He's better than anyone and He's trustworthy. It takes a lot to put our trust in Him. We have to trust that God is enough for you and that God is enough for me, and God is enough for our sin and our problems. I know how I would feel when I was in the church and a pastor would say things, and even this morning as I was praying, I thought, I remember what I used to think when a pastor would pray about, your grace is enough for my sin. And so you might be like I used to be. I would sit out there and go, yeah, but you don't sin very much. You're the pastor. God's grace isn't enough for my sin. His grace is enough for you. He's got more than enough for us, but we have to trust in that. 
Trust in His forgiveness. Trust in His strength. We're not strong enough to live in this life without Him. But we have to relinquish. Say, God, I trust you. I keep messing this thing up when I do it my own way. As we trust in God, there's a few others that that we need to step out in faith and begin to trust. We have to learn to trust some others. You get married, you have to trust your spouse. And I've seen couples and marriages, even after 20 years, where they, they just couldn't still trust each other. We're, we're, we're missing out on, on an aspect of life when we can't trust somebody else. Now, here's the thing. When we trust God, He'll never fail us. When I step out in faith and trust my wife, she's going to let me down. She's going to hurt me. God knows that I've hurt her as she's trusted me. But there's a relationship and a thing that happens as we, as we still give that, that trust back and know that we're, we're fallible and we can learn to live in a, in a place of community, of, of relationship with others. So we do, after God, God can help you begin to trust other people. Now, be careful who you trust. There are people who are untrustworthy. You're not supposed to trust everyone. But trust the Lord and allow Him to bring that avenue that you could trust some people in, in your life. We're a cell church. We have life groups. And one of the things that we're tr- we, are, I want to see developed in my own life and for all of us is that we would have a trust level with the people that we meet with every week. That our cares and our concerns, our problems, even our sins would be safe and we could trust them to pray for us and to care for us. As we do that, your life will expand in a way that I can't even explain. You just have to experience it. So the first one is trust. That's the first aspect in this life. The next one is toil. I tried to be a good preacher, so all of them have T's. They were going to start with W's. And the last one I couldn't find, and I asked Ed if I could say, well, could the last one be reward? And he said, no. So I changed them to T's. But there's toil involved in this life, no matter what season of life you're in, even as Christians. So, so just to prove that, we've got a lot of seasoned Christians here. Raise your hand if being a Christian is easy. Okay. <laughs> You know, you know, it's unanimous. It's not easy. Life is not easy. Life is difficult. We, we were never promised an easy life. We were never promised ease, ease of, of life. In fact, if you're married, the Bible promises you that you're going to have trouble in your marriage. Right? He who seeks a wife will have trouble. I mean, it's just true. And, and, and life is hard. There's, there's an amount of work and you can't just sit back and expect everything to happen. So you trust the Lord that He's enough, but then He calls us to live and calls us to walk out our faith. And there's a lot of toil. If you want a success in the dash, it's going to take work. It's going to take work. You know, Mary had to work. She trusted God. But then she had to work through things. She had to work being through an unwed pregnant woman in a day that you could be stoned for doing it. She knew the truth, but other 
people believed that she was loose. She was a fornicator. She had to trust God through the hard times, but then she had to work through them. She trusted God when Jesus was conceived within her, but then she had to raise Jesus. Imagine how hard it would be to raise the Son of God. Remember one of our, our kids had this habit of saying, I know, Dad. We'd be talking about something. Well, I know. I'd correct him or just try to inform him. And I think it was just out of nervousness and a desire to be agreeable. He would say, I know. It drove me crazy. I mean, it drove me crazy. I wish you would have called me earlier and asked me if I could go take you to the store and pick up some supplies for your school project instead of waiting till I got home. You know, before I came home tonight, I drove to Kmart and picked up a few things. If you would have called me, you could have, I could have taken you with me. We would have saved a trip. I know, Dad. You don't know. I didn't tell you. As they get older, he, he does know things. They do begin to know things. Drives me crazy, too. They know things that I don't. Like, he knew that this Internet thing he could pull up the weather and things live and they know things and that drives me crazy to imagine I, I, and I don't want to I'm not making light of this but Jesus Joseph's out working and building a table and he's trying to teach his son you know Jesus creating something is very special <laughs> it takes a lot of work to create and build something if you don't just do it right it won't work. I know, Dad. <laughs> Got to build the table with legs perpendicular. I know, Dad. I, he was not disrespectful. Was there ever an issue? How about he was 12 years old? His parents were going on one of their, their, their journeys, and for three, they must have had a big family not to miss them for three days. I mean, there's some of you who would like to lose one of your kids for three days. <laughs> But they didn't find him for three days. They finally figured it out. They go back to the temple, and there he is. But he's a young man. He's 12 years old, and he's sitting in the temple. And where were you? We were worried. And don't you know that I must be about my father's business? As Mary began to understand what, who Jesus was going to be, as he became older and she saw the call of God, the imprint of God in him, as he became a young adult, she saw things. She had to work through a lot. She toiled. There's a lot of things that we have to do. We have to work hard. We have to be consistent in our lives. Some of these things I've talked about are really working through the emotional issues and the things, but we have to work hard. The Bible says that we need to strain every nerve, try at whatever cost, live at peace with others. That takes a lot of work. You, some of you know it's hard to live at peace with other people. Life takes work. It takes toil. We have to trust in God, but we also have to work. And if you want a good reputation, you have to work really hard to keep that good reputation. If you want to be known as a faithful person, you have to work really hard to be known 
as a faithful person. We don't get to just sit back and says, Jesus did it all, I get to do nothing. Now we can't earn our salvation, but once we have that salvation, life is work. Ephesians 2.10 says that we were created in Christ to do good works. To do works. We have to strive, press into Him. We have to make decisions that are difficult each and every day. When I'm looking over here at the families and those raising kids and saying, Kaja, kids in the future. When your kids really hack you off, it takes a lot of work not to just scream at them. Amen. And, and we fail, but we try. It takes work. You might even have to read a parenting book. You might have to get some skills. You might have to deal with your emotional baggage in order to be successful in life. And if anyone's ever dealt with any emotional hurts and pains, that takes work. So we have toil. We have trust and we have toil. And it's gonna, we're going to come to tears. There's going to be a lot of tears in our life. And we've already had many. And some of you have had many, many more. When Mary began to see Jesus' life unfold, and she knew what was going to happen, as he entered into his public ministry and the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the synagogue rulers began to hate him and despise him, she wept over him. She knew and she cried. Even when he was lost, if you've ever lost a child, when I was seven years old, two of my brothers and I and a friend hiked up and over the mountain hiked almost all the way to Seven Oaks and were gone overnight with nobody knowing where we were. We were lost. It was in all the newspapers in 1977. In Sun Telegram. My parents shed a lot of tears that night. Lots of tears happen in life as you worry, as you fret, as you cry. And, and you know, with those messages, say, well, don't worry and don't fret. The truth is we will. We have to trust in God, but we're still going to cry. There's another tear that we shed, and that tear's crying for, for God to touch somebody's life. It's an intercessory tear, but tears will encompass our lives. But we need to give those tears to God and rel- continually trust in Him. But those things will come. What will we do as the tears, as the fears come in? We have to give them to the Lord. Say, God, help me to trust in you again because I don't see anything that I can put my hope and trust in. As I said at the beginning, some of you might be in here going, I've done so many things wrong and you would even shed tears over your past. Philippians 3.13 is the verse for you today, forgetting what is behind. Pressing towards what is ahead. That's what we have to do. You can't live in the past. It's just going to bring you down. And you have, may have had mistakes, and I've had mistakes. We've all done things that we regret. But don't live in that. But say today, from here on out, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to toil in Him. And I'm still going to have tears. But God, help them to be different types of tears. Matthew chapter 6 is... is the, a great chapter, but one of the passages in there says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble. We can't worry about tomorrow. We can't worry about yesterday. But trust today. Toil today. Be in Him today. We're going to have tears. 
if we do these things, if we trust in Him, if we toil in Him and work hard, straining every nerve, we're going to have tears. But all those things are come together, come together and they're going to give us a testimony. And each of us has a testimony. The older you are, the more testimonies you get to have. And remember, you don't get a testimony without a test. You got to have a test to have a testimony. And one of the testimonies is simply Proverbs 17, 6. It says, Proverbs 17, 6 says that children's children are a crown to the aged. You know why it says that? Because you don't really know if you did a good job with your own kid until they've had kids. And if you get kids that come out good and grandkids that come out good, done a good job. It went down through the ages. You see that in your... There's testimony that's coming. There's testimonies coming from every struggle and every victory, even if you fail, but you get up and serve the Lord afterwards. You can fail, fall right on your face, but if you'll give it to the Lord, He can bring a testimony of His faithfulness out of it. Don't give up. Don't give up. It's the picture that I wish I would have put it up there. If you've seen it, it's a picture of the frog getting swallowed by the crane and he's halfway down the crane's throat and his arms are sticking out of the bird's mouth and he's choking the bird as the bird is swallowing him. It's just a great picture. And it says, never give up. Don't give up. There's a testimony coming. There's hope. There's a future if you'll stay the course and allow God to do miracles in your life. I'm not going to look at it. I'm so proud of my mom. My mom didn't find Christ until late in her life. And, and a lot of people, you know, they look at the family, and they, you know, their worship team and pastors, and they, they think we grew up in a Christian home. <laughs> My mom didn't find Christ until she was in her 50s. God can bring testimonies even when you find Christ late. Even when you make a lot of mistakes along the way, God will bring testimonies out of it. But you got to be faithful. You got to trust Him. You got to toil. You got to get through the tears and survive. Don't give in when the tears are there. Don't give up. A testimony is coming. And after these things have all happened, I'm going to speak to all of us, but primarily to the older people in the room. You have a duty. We all have the same duty, but you have a bigger responsibility because you have longer life. You have more experiences and testimony. And Titus 2 says, Teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanders or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. They can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the Word of God. After you have a testimony, it's our responsibility anytime we have a testimony to teach and to train others. To teach and to train. And we can teach by example. We can sit down and one-on-one -on -one over coffee teach. We can train people by showing up at their house and training and teaching. 
all of us, not all of us might be a teacher who would sit behind a, a desk or a pulpit and teach that way. But we all have a responsibility to teach and to train because we've learned that we can trust God. And we've worked hard to maintain and to get a testimony that's, that's positive, to have success in our life. And we've gone through the battles where we've cried. And so now we need to teach others to be able to do the same. So you're not done. You're not done. No matter what stage of life you are, we have to be teaching and training the young people. We need those who've walked the walk, those who've gone through the difficulties to help us get through them. We need the older men to teach the younger men and the older women to teach the younger women. And we're older than we're all older than somebody. That means that we get to be doing it down also. This is just some of the aspects of this life along the journey. Embrace the journey. There's so much joy if we'll accept our position on this life and say, here I am. And, and, and you might be in a really difficult place right now. You might be in a really hard and difficult spot in your life. God, help me to trust in you. Keep struggling and striving. Push the other hindrances and the weights aside and press into him. As you have those tears, as you cry, you've learned to trust some people around you. Bring them in and say, I need help. The testimony is coming. And then you get to share that testimony through your life and teach others. That's what parenting is all about and that's what we celebrated today and we're celebrating all day. Love your moms today. Remember them. Even think about those who maybe don't have kids at home. Honor the moms. They're on the journey. They're toiling, some of them still full of tears. Some of them are at the other side and they have testimonies. Again, I thank all of you women who struggled and poured into your children. Keep doing it. Even if they're out of the house, guys will honor you in a, in a month. You don't get anything today. But the message is for all of us. Don't give up. Trust. Toil. Know that there's going to be tears but the testimony is coming. And God, help us to be those who would teach and train others to follow you, to serve you, and to not give up. Father, I thank you that you never give up on us. God, that you have toiled more than anyone in all creation, in all time. You toiled. You suffered. God, your heart for your creation is so vast. If nothing can separate us from your love, your heart is so vast that tears must have been shed. God, help us to follow that example as we trust in you and as we toil in you and say no to ungodliness and embrace the things that you have for us and work at having a success in this life. Not worldly, but biblical. God, help us to see our testimonies and help us to reach our testimonies and teach others.
And I pray a special blessing upon every mom today. God, fill them, bless them for all they do and have done. In Jesus' name, amen.